Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi guys, my name is Peyton Sarton and welcome back to Note to Self with Peyton Sarton. So I'm actually pre-recording today's intro because it's currently Friday. Last night I had a little dinner with friends and while we were at dinner, we got invited to go to Vegas today. My, myself and my friend Josie, my friend Claudia was already going. Josie, who you're going to hear from later in this episode. So I'm pre-recording this right now so I can get it into my editor so everything can be done in a timely manner. But I'm literally like so hungover, like just so fucking hungover. And I've been packing all day and just like having a little bit of anxiety. And, you know, just, you know how the how it goes. The morning after drinking a bunch, it's just how it happens. But we are going to Vegas. And by the time you guys hear this, I'm sure you will have already seen the mini Instagram story about this experience. So I honestly was looking forward to having a relaxing weekend by myself. I was planning on going to get my under eye filler today and some Botox. And then I was like, wow, I'm just going to do that. And then I'm going to be a hermit all weekend just in case they like bruise or something, which doesn't really ever happen to me, but like just in case. And, um, now I'm about to board a trip or a flight to Vegas in about two hours. So (laughs) things are, things have been happening pretty quickly around here in the last 12 hours or so. Anywho, today we are talking to my friend Josie. I've met Josie through the Instagram pipeline and, um, we just became friends through that. And what I like about Josie and her content and her approach to, Instagram specifically is that she kind of started with intention. Like I think she saw people doing this as a job and she genuinely like had almost like a business plan in mind. And obviously everyone has to roll with the punches in any type of work. And she's done that really well. But I think she just was very intentional from the beginning about making this a job for herself. And you guys will hear later some more actionable tips. I asked you guys to ask questions to Josie for this episode. And So many of you, I feel like are just very disillusioned with like typical standard, how to become an influencer talk. And the more that I talk about it and the more I try to give advice, I'm understanding like why those cliches are true, but I have context and I have like an example of what they mean now. So when we say these cliche things, it's because they're really true. And we're not trying to just like blow smoke up your ass. Like it's literally true, but it's hard to realize. I mean, I guess as you grow older, just in life in general, you start to realize like why cliches are true. (laughs) That happens to me all the time. And it's so annoying. So some of these cliches, the be yourself cliche, when it comes to being an influencer or a fashion blogger, whatever you want to be, I know that can get very like annoying to hear. And that's one specific one that was called out for sure. It's just 
the, the most simple way to put it. And I think that instead of like trying to avoid saying be yourself, I think it's important to put like that whole thing in context. So like, what does it mean to be yourself? Like, what do I mean when I say that? Right. So we talk more about that in this episode and I'm really excited to bring y'all along for our conversation. I'm definitely going to have Josie back on the podcast. So make sure that you are commenting on the Instagram at NTS by PS on the content that I post for this episode. You guys can comment any other questions that you have. Um, Make sure you go follow Josie as well. And I'll put all of her information in the show notes. But without further ado, let's just get into this conversation because it's a really good one. Okay, so I'm sitting here with Josie. We're in my worm lair. (laughs) In my living room, we're sitting here with two glasses of rosé that we have not drank yet, but we need to. Yeah. We, we have our rosé sitting next to our coffee. Yeah, that's a lot going on. Y'all know my favorite thing in the world is mixing caffeine and alcohol. Oh, I just got the new cans in. Okay. They're um, caffeine and weed. Oh, I've it's yet like to a try tea. a can, so I feel like... Oh my God, we need to have a can. <laughs> okay. We need to deal, do that deal. so I'm badly. Down. I'm down. Okay, so let me take a sip of my rosé because it looks... We're going to... How about we cheers? I'm going to take a sip too. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks for somewhere. having me. Of course. Yum. Okay, so I'm going to have Josie introduce herself, tell us a little about herself. Basically, what I want you to do is just say, like, obviously, just a little you in a nutshell. And then I want you to start talking about how you got into social media, why that started interesting you, and then kind of, like, why you started the influencing route. Okay, I'll try to keep it pretty brief, I guess. But um, so my name is Josie Pelicano and I am a full-time influencer and I live um, in the Ventura area. So a little bit north of LA. And I started influencing full-time three years ago now, which I can't believe it's been three years. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's 2020, (laughs) I guess doesn't really count, but uh, yeah. So it's been three years. And I guess to cut to the way that I got into social media is a weird, somewhat long story. Basically, I was in grad school. I was getting my degree in anthropology, and I started to realize that I was really interested in digital anthropology, which Mm -hmm. is um, just as a definition is just the study of humans and their connection to the digital world. Okay. I started to really study social media while simultaneously wanting an outlet while I was in grad school. Um, Mm -hmm. For anybody listening who is in grad school, you know that it is incredibly time consuming. You have no life at all. And Mm -hmm. while I was in grad school, I really wanted something to get my mind off of being in grad school. And I always loved fashion and interior design Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And so I just flippantly one day decided to make a blog, but this was like yeah. back An when you had like blog. a website. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I started with a blog and then I, you know, made an Instagram account for it, but it wasn't anything other than just like a way to share kind of like, oh, like I like this outfit or, mm-hmm. oh, this is affordable, whatnot. And then I graduated grad school. My dream was to be a professor and I was rudely awakened with the fact that I could not find a job. So I was bartending, I was doing all that stuff and I could not find a job and it and was And this was devastating. about 3 4 years ago. Yeah, so okay. four I would say like 4 years ago. Well, I don't know, 21 2021 and this was in I graduated in 2018. Okay. I'm doing my math right. Anyway, So couldn't find a job, um, was bartending for a long time. And I started to see that people were, you know, like doing it on Instagram and, and, and 
making it happen and um, turning their blogs into a business, mm-hmm. quite literally. And just as an outside perspective, I was really shocked by that and was kind of feeling defeated in my own industry and work and felt like, you know, I couldn't get a job and just wanted to do something other than bartend anymore. So I just decided to kind of just try it out. I started to really take it seriously and post more regularly and start to do more research on it. And with my um, background in studying digital anthropology and social media, coupled with my, you know, love and admiration for fashion and just having an innate love for it in general, Mm -hmm. I just decided to give it a go. Okay. And so. And that was three years ago. And that was, yeah, over three years ago, but yeah. And now, how many followers do you have on Instagram? <laughs> I don't know why that question always weirds me out. Yeah. Does it weird you out ever when people ask you I that? I think it weirds me out when someone asks, like, as if I'm, the answer is going to be like a gloating thing. Exactly. But yeah. more so I'm trying to give people an idea of, right. hey, okay, it's been three years mm-hmm. and you've amassed a following of X amount. Yeah. Much. So currently, as of today, it's 220,000 okay. followers. So in three years. Yes. So just to put this into perspective for y'all, I feel like I'm pretty good at my job. I'm doing what works. I did not start with a directive like, okay. hey, I wanted to do this for my job. Yeah. But I've had this blog. Or I started a blog in college. I'm 27 now. I started pursuing it seriously five years ago. Wow. And I have 125,000 followers and I make a good living. Yeah. I've worked hard on it. Mm-hmm. But so I wanted to give y'all that reference point because that's a large following in a short amount of time relatively speaking, for a lot of people. Okay. So there's some people who blow up overnight on TikTok, obviously. Sure. Yeah. Um, and now that's a more of a thing. But I feel like when it comes to slower, sustained growth, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's people who work for 10 years and, yeah. and then they become a blogger or like mm-hmm. really, you know, well known for it. I mean, way later. It just right. depends on kind of where you are on the scale. But overall, in three years, that's a lot of a following to amass on Instagram, especially with the engagement that you have, which is why I wanted to have you on here because when I first started, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I didn't have like a direct like idea of what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wasn't like, okay, this is, I'm going to get serious about it. Yeah. But when, and when Claudia started similar thing, she was just kind of vibing along and like, you know, doing what she was doing. And I've had her on the podcast as well. So I wanted you on because you just have such a different approach and it's been really successful. And I feel like I could talk all day about my approach, but like that's only one way of doing things. And I think most people want actionable steps. And like, how did this work for someone in this amount of time? Because no one, no one wants me to sit here and be like, so I started a blog when I was in college and then I learned everything about that for two years. And then I actually started pursuing it full time five years ago. And then after five years, (laughs) yeah, it's like, I'm making okay money. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like no one wants to hear that. So I think they want more like directive advice. And I feel like you're the first person I would think of to go to that advice. Okay. So let's start from the very beginning, because okay. I feel like this is a good um, way to start this. So you had a, a job yeah. when you started everything. I did. Um, this question is, how do you how do you pay your bills while you're working on your own business and your dreams? I will just be real with you mm-hmm. and say that it was a risk. I was bartending and in the beginning at school at the same time. But when I graduated from school, I was bartending and serving full time. So five to six days a week. And I barely had time to post or really do anything, but I just started essentially small with posting what I could. And then 
knew that in order to grow meant taking risks. So you know what? I'm like, I don't know why I've been like filtering myself from saying this this whole time, but I'm going to be just fucking raw with you guys and say that I got myself in a serious amount of credit card debt. I shopped and I, and I don't, I didn't want to say that because that is not the advice that I want to give anybody out there. If, if you're listening to me, don't do that. That's not the equation to success. I did something very similar. Did you? I okay. mean, not, not crazy similar. I kind of bought stuff yeah. and luckily my parents were there because okay. they were like, because I was 22 and they sure. were like, you need to not have that, you know, at some yeah. point. And I, I, I racked it in, but it wasn't, it was to me at the time, it was very serious. Okay. Now, when I look back, I'm like, I mean, I really was shopping at Forever 21. Yeah. It wasn't like I was buying myself crazy, crazy no. nice things, but yeah, there was definitely some debt involved for, my, for me as well. Okay. Okay. Well, that makes me feel better about opening up about that. But uh, yeah, so I don't recommend going that route. I recommend really just like thrifting or finding your own things in your own closet that you have that you can make outfits out of or you know, if it's not fashion, if it's anything, just things that you feel like you can show just based on your real life, go from there and just post about it a lot. I was somebody who I think I took the riskier route of, you know, shopping a ton in order to um, you know, showcase outfits. But looking back, I will say that there are alternative ways to do that. You don't have to rack up credit card debt. But I was making, you know, minimum wage plus tips and I didn't have the money at the time to post. So credit cards were my option, but I, you know, I made it work. I will, I'm never somebody that's not going to pay my bills, I guess. Like I risked it, but it was still work your ass off at your job so that you can keep yourself afloat. But you'd like worked your ass off and then you needed extra. So that's one thing to note, like it is, a very unrealistic job and totally. it is a very big risk. And yeah. I think that that's something that's important to know because you can give tips all day on how to budget and all this stuff. Yeah. I'm not the person giving out budgeting tips. Let me no. just freaking tell you. <laughs> but I, I think that that's something important to know and a really good real answer. Cause when I hear people be like, okay, well, you know, I was just careful and I did this and I did that. And when they, when they talk about their path to, you know, becoming an influencer or yeah. an actress or a singer or whatever it is, the real, situation is you got to risk a lot and you probably make a lot of mistakes that are like actual like mistakes like credit mistakes you know what I mean like you do things that you that are out of your league yeah (laughs) a little bit yeah (laughs) and you risk it in that way so I think that's a perfect answer Uh and you worked a lot like you were yeah every time whenever I talk to Josie about anything like one of her random previous jobs can be like insert into the situation. Yeah. You, I feel like you just, you worked in like, um, restaurants and stuff. Yeah. I worked in the restaurant industry for forever. And I always say this, this is obviously not like social media tips, but I can't ever emphasize enough how much that shaped me as a person in such an immensely positive way. I honestly feel like everybody in their life at one point should be in some form of the service industry for a little while because I swear it taught me like the best communication skills, multitasking, how to read people, how to be the biggest thing, work under high stress situations Mm -hmm. and still keep your cool and things like that that I feel like have taught me like how to be a great business person too Mm -hmm. in this industry and how to, you know, remain level headed and all that stuff. So definitely a job that I don't regret having. Did I hate it? 
absolutely but do yeah. I regret it like no I tried being a host at a restaurant okay, yeah. when I was in high school or not high school well college uh-huh. I was interning out here and my parents had a very strict rule about us not having jobs oh so I used to make my own jobs and I had a secret job when I moved out to LA to intern because wow. I wanted some extra cash okay I worked as a hostess for exactly four weeks wow a month and I fucking hated my life. Mm. I they, Awful. The second they told me they were, it was a German restaurant okay. in the Grove area. Okay. The second they told me they were going to make me wear like the German um, Oof. like beer Oof. girl no. outfit, I was like, mm. fuck no. <laughs> like, can you imagine my yeah. parents who were like, you're not having a job anyways. They're conservative yeah. people from Texas. Yeah. And like one day they just like see a photo of me on the internet with my tits up to my <laughs> eyeballs. <laughs> you're good. Oh. Um, with my tits on my eyeballs, like working mm-hmm. um, as a hostess. Mm-hmm. At first, they're all like, "Why? Are, what job is this that you're working? <laughs> like, why are you wearing that?" I mean, you know, three yeah. years later, I was like naked in a magazine, but say whatever. You know, but at least different like, vibes. It's different. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's different. different. I got paid more. A same, same, bit. but different. Okay, <laughs> I was bought out. Yeah, that the time mu- the price was correct. <laughs> yes. on the yeah. um, no, but I have such respect for people in the service industry because even as a hostess myself, doing that and yeah. then watching my friends who were servers, I'm like, I didn't even have to be a server and i was like wow patience yeah and i don't have that it definitely takes patience which is a quality that i am proud to say i have accumulated from that especially (laughs) but and instagram i guess you could say i don't know yeah yeah so you know worked my ass off for a a long fucking time and and i think it's wild now that my full-time job is influencing like i look back and it's i still feel like that server bartender girl yeah still but (laughs) Like, still Jenny from the block. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Josie from the block. Josie from the block. Josie from where were you bartending? In, like, the town that I grew up in. So, well, also in Malibu and um, Josie from Ventura. Cheesecake Factory for like eight years. So, Josie from the Cheesecake Factory. Josie from the Cheesecake Factory. Okay, so let's move on to the next one. This is something I got a lot, and I actually talk about this kind of a lot as well okay and it's a pretty easy answer for me I think it'll be an easy answer for you and one that people don't really want to hear okay so how did you get the courage to become an influencer I'm from a tiny town with a lot of judgment and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of different ways that people have rewarded this exact question like how did you get over you know your friends saying it and judging you and all this stuff okay then I've answered this a lot and again I think in this episode it's going to be really obvious how mine and Josie's personalities are where there's not a lot of just like frills like it's Mm -hmm. more just like hate yeah. to tell you this, but it's a pretty simple answer. Yeah. But go ahead and what, what do you think you're... I just think, like, first of all, this job is not for everyone. Like, it's it's just, like, you got to, like, kind of be okay with, like, putting yourself out there and exert, exerting a certain level of confidence in yourself, which I'm not going to, like, lie to you guys. Like, that didn't, like, come supernaturally in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that there was obviously, in the beginning, <laughs> like, I remember this so clearly, and I actually was just talking about this today. Like, Nobody had, I don't want to say, like, nobody believed in me, I guess, in the mm-hmm. beginning of, like, I'm going to do fucking influencing full. Like, I'm going to go for this. I 100% can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. No one so. believed in me at all. But no one saw the vision either. It's like, no one knows. Yeah. No one knew what I was doing. Yeah. At, when I was 22, five years ago, mm-hmm. saying I was going to be a blogger, everyone's like, yeah, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, Instagram had started. Yeah a few years prior I guess yeah um we have to imagine like the pivot that I did of like I'm gonna be a professor yeah. of anthropology to just kidding mom I'm gonna fucking yeah. be a influencer which well I was setting up to go to law school oh wow I didn't know I that was actually, in my last yeah. years and I didn't um I was 
poli-sci in college to go to law school. Okay. And I picked up sociology for fun. Okay. And I just want to learn more about people mm. and so I could study them so I could prosecute them. Mm. That was my goal. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I have been serious about law forever mm. and I was literally at the fucking George Bush School of Political Science at a and mm. my friends. And I, uh, yeah, my senior year, I was like, actually, um, crying on the yeah. phone with my mom. Like, I found my calling. She's like, of course, my mom was kind of like blindly just like, okay, whatever yeah, you want to do. do yeah. She always kind of like was pushing more on me to be like a model type. Mm. So I think she was just happy I was doing anything in that realm. Yeah. My dad was like, what the fuck? Like, what does that even mean? Like, yeah. we just sent you to college. And I was like, actually, I want to leave college now too. Actually, just kidding. I'm not going to do that. I yet. did graduate. Yeah. But yeah, I was no, I was very serious about working for the FBI. Oh. Literally. Like, that was my goal. Honestly, like, I could see that for you and I could see that for me too, but, (laughs) you know, (laughs) things change. I did not have, like, the warmest welcome to it at all. Um, And I think it's so funny how much things have changed in just three years alone. Like, Mm -hmm. three years ago only, people were like, I'm sorry, what? And how do you make money? And what are you going to do? And you're taking pictures of yourself? Oh, you must be narcissistic. You Mm -hmm. must be Well, they're still kind of like that too. Of course. You're narcissistic. You don't have any talents. You're vapid. Yeah. Yeah, You're, yeah. And- you know what my talent is? Reading data and looking at what people like on the internet and then reproducing it in my own way. It's so And you could do exist. it. If you could do it, you, you would do, do it, it too. You do it, yeah. <laughs> okay. You have to just fucking go for it. And I know that's such a blunt answer, but fuck what everybody I thinks. Knew that, I knew that would be your answer because that's my answer. Yeah. There's no solution to There's that. There's no solution. You got to decide, you know, with anything, like yeah. anything else. You're the thing that's standing in your way that you think right now is, is your yourself. friends or the, oh. you know, or like the idea of someone judging yeah. you basically. And you have to decide that the idea of someone judging you doesn't scare you. People are always going to project their insecurities onto you and you just have to really be an expert at deflecting that and doing you and being you and going for it. And I think that I'll be, I'll tell you from my personal experience, like the, I told you so moments that I have now or have had three years later. Not that this was a vindictive plan of mine Mm -hmm. all along, but it's been so nice to be like, yeah, remember when you didn't believe in me or remember when you judged me for posting on Instagram all the time Mm -hmm. and this is not my full-time job? I've never had that moment directly with anybody, but I have them silently by myself and I'm just sitting Mm -hmm. there like, hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I remember all those times and I have it from, you know, I, I think about it when that girl or guy yeah. DMs me. Oh, yeah. And it's like, hey, where'd you get this? Oh, and I'm yeah. like, that's so <laughs> interesting. Know, like, yeah. Yeah. It? Yeah. like, I'm like sweating and like my eyes are yeah. bleeding. Can you link that straightener? I'm like, oh, no, interesting. I can't. <laughs> that's a specific one. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, I just like, I um, can't link yeah. that straightener actually. It's yeah. So, everywhere. Sorry. so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> they don't make up anymore. Okay, I want to read y'all this man in the arena quote because it is cheesy and whatever, but I also mm-hmm. like love shit like this because it makes me think differently. Okay. So basically it says, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short and short again, because there's no effort without error and shortcoming, and but who does not actually strive to do the deeds. Uh, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who never know victory nor defeat. Mm. So I literally think about that when someone talks about about me. I'm literally like, 
you're a fucking loser. <laughs> Why do you think I give a shit? Yeah. I'm in the fucking arena, dude. And yeah, yeah. I'm doing things wrong. Maybe I'm offending people or maybe I'm embarrassing myself or sure. people are cringing or whatever it is. But I'm in the fucking arena. You're outside of the arena like a fan or right. onlooker. And I don't have time to be an onlooker. Right. So like you can be an onlooker all you want. You can throw all the shit at me that you want. But like at the end of the day, whether I'm failing or doing well yeah. at this particular time, I'm doing better than you because you're a fucking loser. Feel free to smash you know what I mean? that on full. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's your favorite quote. That's my favorite thing. Like, you can fucking just exit smash the room. That. Just smash it. Yeah. As hard as you want. I just don't. Uh, yeah. I, it took me a long time to get there and I'm not going to like lie to you guys. Like are there moments where it's like, ugh, like it's so annoying to be judged all the time, but like judging any category of people, like we should all be past that by now. Like oh, saying yeah. all in all influencers or stupid or narcissistic and that's what may I don't even know if that's what you're um implying is what's making you nervous to feel judged in a small town but I feel like those small town ideologies need to expand and evolve and yeah. you can set the tone for that you can be Absolutely. the person that helps them evolve past well, having I can tell you from my college experience I was the person in the town that no one understood and I was a fucking loser and now I'm sitting in my apartment with my floor to ceiling windows overlooking downtown Los yeah. Angeles and it's I have dope, a podcast. <laughs> I'm doing something cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm really enjoying it as much as it's been really stressful. And I will say for me, I do struggle even now sometimes with, Hey, do I put this out? Cause someone might judge totally. me. You, it's, it's not a thing that you just conquer one day, no. but I think the thing is you can't let it not let you start, like yeah. at least start. And then you can work through all of the dealing with the judgments and all that stuff. Like it's going to come, it's going to suck, whatever. You just have to know that you just keep pushing if you want something bad enough. But if you don't want it bad enough and the judgment is what's going to scare you away, let me tell you there are plenty of things that are harder about this job than the judgment. And I think that if the judgment scares you away, this is not your place. You, yeah. It's just not your fucking place, yeah. you know? Yeah. So unless you can get over it, I mean, it's just not, this isn't the job for you. Or learn the ways to compartmentalize it too. Like yeah. to learn that like, okay, I, I think too with time comes that more quiet confidence that's a big player in this um, and a big player in growth in general. If you um, continue with confidence and confidence mm -hmm. in yourself, then I, again, I know that's probably cliche, but it's true that it really does set you apart and helps with your overall growth in your business. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, I just got a citizen alert for person slashed. Okay, great. Love it's that. The middle of the day. <laughs> Why did my brain go? Is there a murder? Like in the apartment. <laughs> Gotta love crime yeah, shit. It's me. I'm like, oh, okay. it, was, it was you. Oh my god. Okay, so let's get into some like more nitty gritty stuff okay, about yeah. the Instagram. Ooh, so we're gonna Instagram stick. Spill the tea, guys. I'm gonna take another sip of yeah, rose. So we get. Are we like escalating these? Like we're gonna get more and more into like. Well, honestly, I feel like these are more just like so specific like okay. i'm trying to be like very specific because yeah, I, I know that. you and i could talk all day mm -hmm. about existential stuff so yeah. i'm trying to steer us <laughs> in a very specific direction <laughs> yeah uh peyton and i are both very logical people would mm -hmm. you say that and kind of calm i don't know calm logical but we think of everything i feel like we think anything could be possible and we could make anything logical yeah that's the the goal i'm like yeah. aliens let's make that logical why yeah why how why? is it how is it okay let's see so we're gonna talk about growth now and algorithm and all that shit okay God. so someone said just how <laughs> i have been doing this for two years and i still need more growth to be full-time okay so what is your response to that 
Okay. So for me personally, I started out it's funny how the numerics kind of gauge what makes you money and what doesn't. I'm going to first and foremost say to you that the number shouldn't qualify whether or not you're getting paid or not. I think it's about your pitching. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I don't know how you're pitching specifically, but that's something that I would say to maybe take a look, take a look at because I know girls who have 4,000 followers and are making money. I know girls who have 300,000 followers and I'm making less money than the girls who are making 20,000 followers. I 1,000% second that. I, so I've definitely heard of that. That's one. But two, I don't know how to answer this other than to give you what I did. And what I did is I gave myself a year. And after one year, I said to myself, if you're not growing. I'm doing it full time. Right. No. Oh, okay. No. You were not doing it full time. I was okay. not doing it full time. I was doing it for free. So I was oh, bartending. Okay, yeah. for, so just to back this up for a second, I did not make any money on Instagram for mm-hmm. a year. Okay. So I did this and bartending as a side. I guess you can call it a hobby if mm-hmm. I wasn't making money, yeah. right? To see if I could even make money. I did money that. I did that too. I worked for free for two years okay. or so. Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah. Buying clothes, you know, do yeah, thrifting, yeah. all that stuff. I did free. lifestyle though too. So I was oh. doing a lot of like recipes and okay. shit like that. That was actually where I started. The bulk gotcha. of my stuff was literally college healthy recipes Mm. to do you could like put in the microwave and stuff gotcha i also got super lucky and i worked as a model for a boutique this very sweet boutique owner let me use the photos that i shot for her boutique on my instagram as well so Mm -hmm. i was you know wearing the outfits and showing them and tagging you know her boutique a lot and simultaneously tagging you know my outfits that i bought or thrifted as well but i didn't make money for a year um my first paid collab was $50 for a post. Uh And I remember I was so excited to even get paid for something, one. And two, it took me one year to get to 10,000 followers. So after one year, I said to myself, okay, you have a year to figure this out. If you start making money, great. If you don't, it's time to change directions Mm -hmm. and try something else for your life. So for me, I just worked my ass off at it. I gave it my fucking all. I was shooting every free time that I could get and posting. And like I said, I'm not promoting this, but putting myself in debt until I made money. So my advice to you would be, first and foremost, if this is something you really want, you really fucking want this, then pour your heart into it, give it your all and give yourself a time limit. If you feel like after a certain amount of time, you don't want to waste your life, you know, mm-hmm. give yourself a certain amount of time. If after that certain amount of time you feel like it's not working out, then maybe it's time to reevaluate or figure out a way to constructively, what am I trying to say? Pivot maybe. Yeah. I would say, I would say that. And I think really Brand, like, I don't know. Yeah. One yeah. way is some ways to pivot. I'm trying to pivot a little bit right now. I've pivoted a million times. Mm-hmm. Like I, um, as we all know, I'm not the biggest fan of Instagram. Okay. I think yeah. me being, taking a step back from it a bit and, yeah not being so serious about posting every single day yeah. and like just kind of taking it less seriously has made me like it more, Yeah, honestly. But for me, I think pivoting has included, you know, podcast, it's included the brand. I'm now working with a new management agency. I haven't really talked about that mm-hmm. yet, but I think just changing things up, switching things up, if I feel like I'm getting to be at a place where it's a standstill. Yeah. So pivoting is, there's no shame in that. So like, let's say you are working, you're doing the blogging thing. You don't, you're not seeing a lot of growth and stuff. And you're trying your hardest, yeah. whether it's, 
you know, whether it's that you don't really, really want it and you're, you're only kind of half-ass trying mm-hmm. and you know that and you have to really check in with yourself there. But I think that pivot to somewhere that you are something you are good at. Like maybe it's working in PR or maybe it's having your own brand or maybe it's podcast. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not Instagram. Maybe it's YouTube. Maybe it's something to to promote there. Maybe you want to go, you know, freelance write for like Buzzfeed or like wherever the fuck, like there's so many things you can do that are like influencer and blogger adjacent. If this isn't picking up when for you, Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer too. in like, If you're not passionate about something, right, and you're spreading yourself thin, it's going to kind of hit a standstill. So my advice to people always in the beginning, too, is like, if you want to be an influencer, first of all, find your niche, one. Like, Mm -hmm. I started dominantly with fashion. I didn't really... I dipped into beauty here and there because I think they have a lot of parallels, but I didn't mm-hmm. do interior. I didn't do lifestyle or anything. I basically stuck to one niche and I went hard with it. And yeah. I, because I loved it though. I really do love fashion. I love styling stuff. And that was kind of what I wanted my niche to be. And I think that this is obviously just my personal advice. There are plenty of people who have their foot in a lot of doors and are able to make yeah. it work. But I would say focus on something that you love because I'm a firm believer if you love it and you're passionate about it, then some of the rest will follow. I think the other part of it is obviously hard work Mm -hmm. and, you know, resilience. But I think that if you love it, that will show. And if you're spreading yourself thin, then you're going to – your audience is almost going to know that, that you're not really – like they don't know what they're following. What Mm -hmm. are they looking at? Who are they looking towards? So. Well, how many times have you talked to someone, mm-hmm. a friend, yeah. about someone you follow and been like, that's the girl that has the jeans or that's the girl that has this or yeah. that's the girl that does the recipes? That's, yeah. Like we kind of define each other by the niche. And I think that it's smart to niche down for sure. And I think that people think it might pigeonhole them. And yeah, I, I started yeah. super broad, which I would never recommend. Don't okay. do what I did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't do what I did at all. I think that I didn't, you know, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. There was not enough people doing what I was doing at the time. Anyway, so I didn't niche down, but when, the more that I look at it, the more, because I, I think my thing was always like, okay, well, what if it gets boring or what yeah. if it gets, you know, whatever. I think we don't realize how little of someone's day we are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're just like True. a little blip on someone's radar. Yeah. Like they don't fucking think about us or care, but it's everything that we do as an influencer. Yeah. So you're sitting there, you're like, this is my whole entire job. People are going to be bored. Or they're going to be this, that. No, they literally just follow you and they click through your stories and mm. they watch them for five seconds. They don't know you. They don't truly give a shit and truly you know what I mean as long as you're giving them something whatever niche it is like I think that it's smart to just be really specific in the beginning I agree so I think that this is like going back to what I was saying with my serving days and how much it's taught me like in in influencing as well which is Mm -hmm. really funny is we were taught this thing at Cheesecake Factory called three second like ability and I remember it was like you know when you approach a table what's what's your cadence how are you you know you have to approach them in a way that gives them three second like ability or as a host or whatever so and the other thing too is like an elevator pitch, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be able to succinctly say what you are, who you are, what you're doing in the amount of time that it would take you to take an elevator ride. Okay. So I always say to people, think about what you just said. If you only have, you're such a small part of people's day. We mm-hmm. pour sweat over a fucking photo or a story post. I mean, me more than anybody, I'm such a psycho about yeah. my aesthetic of my stories and stuff. But I think though that you're you're a psycho, but most bloggers I know are kind of psycho about it. Yeah. I'm the only I person I know that's like, I didn't even look at the photo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my point is, though, you know, think about that you are 
touching people in such a short amount of time and that you want that short amount of time to have an impact, I guess, Mm -hmm. and show who you are and have that three-second likability. So if you don't like it yourself or you're putting out work that you don't really care for, Mm -hmm. why would anybody else like it? Being consistent in terms of not only like how much you post and all that stuff that we know matters, being consistent, again, with your niche, with what you're you're serving because that just makes people trust you more in all realms of life. I mean, your friends – when they show up consistently, you take them more seriously. Absolutely. Um, your server consistently mm-hmm. helps you. You yeah. take them more seriously. You don't feel abandoned. Right. And there's a thing about, I mean, that as being an influencer, as much as it's not as dramatic as like truly being abandoned, but mm-hmm. I think there is that feeling of they kind of left you with nothing. If you're an influencer who doesn't s- stay consistent on your niche, yeah. who's all over the fucking place, mm-hmm. whether it's with posting or niche. Um, I think being consistent is really important. I think there's two things with that. Like, first of all, being consistent is so important. That doesn't mean that you can't evolve as a human yeah. being. Like you can evolve and grow other interests, but I fully, fully agree with what you just said of think about why did people hit that follow button initially? Why do they follow you? Yeah. Who are you that makes them want to follow? And this goes back to, I feel like I know everybody doesn't want to hear me say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> Part of the thing that makes you grow and sets you apart from everybody else, and I want you to like hear me when I say this, is being your fucking self. Okay, so this this leads into this question, though, because I was just looking at this question. Okay, I was ask but you. let me just say, though, I'm being serious when mm-hmm. I say that being yourself will help you grow. And if you're consistently you, obviously, mm-hmm. if you evolve and you get other things that you like, I mean shit my aesthetic has changed you know over time but but that's I've being tried to keep a streamline yeah. yeah of who I am and and that's when you see people on their page and all of a sudden there's something completely different than what you initially followed it's gonna make you want to hit the unfollow button because mm-hmm. you're gonna want why you followed that person to stay true throughout yeah. so I know well, again the think, consistency it makes yeah. you trust them my yes. question this question that I've gotten here okay this talks about the being yourself thing okay this is Standard practice, sure. people say this. Yeah, yeah. So I want to contextualize, by the way, okay. being yourself, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. So this girl says, logistically, how do you stay relevant in a saturated industry? Okay. She said, no more, quote, be yourself advice. We need the brass tacks, sis. How do we do it too? Okay. So I think what people, when the people hear be yourself, their ears shut off and they're like, cool, okay, we get it. I don't disagree but with that. But I want to, because I do it too, right? Yeah. But I only recently realized and understand I understand be yourself in context now, which that's, I've been told that for the last five years of blogging. Right. I've recognized it in the last year. And I think be yourself to me right now means truly sharing your truth. And I don't mean the thing that you like to wear and the thing that you like to eat. Yes. I mean, literally your actual truth. Yes. If you woke up today and you had diarrhea, I know it's like a funny thing, but like Fucking share it. I wasn't going to share that Joe, after having sex with him, I went to urgent care. But I shared it last week on my podcast because I forgot to share that I went to urgent care. I put it on my close friend's story. But I'm like, I got to share that story, dude. Like, it's what happened to me. But, like, it's not, like, a fun story. And it's really kind of, like, pointless at at the end of the day. But I went to urgent care because of my boyfriend, probably because of his dick. <laughs> Just go to the last episode. Because this is this is like the first time I've heard this. I didn't because I fucking DM'd you and was like, "You okay?" And, and like, I was like, "Yeah." yeah. Like she was so vague about it, elusive. Yeah. Like, well, it was know. five in the morning too. I was oh, like, okay. so, so okay. I was just like, I don't know, so stressed. But anyways, okay. I went to urgent care, and so I shared that story. But it wasn't like 
I wasn't curating. And yeah. at some, I think on some level, even you say we're being ourselves, mm-hmm. all of us in the, in the adventure of being ourselves are curating things. So of course you want to curate some things out. You don't need to yeah. tell everyone about your family's issues or your, you know, taxes or every part of your um, medical record. But I think that it's important when you're filming or when you're on stories or whatever, I think there's a way to be relatable that people are starting to try to be relatable. Like the, how I just did talking about poop. Everyone's like, Oh, that's relatable. Like let's talk about poop or something. You know what I mean? I think that being realistically relatable, don't force relatability. If today you're having a bad day, talk about it. If you like something specific, that's maybe not in style, talk about it. Don't try to put yourself in these boundaries of, you know, being yourself, but only within this certain like Mm. environment or this certain, these certain boundaries. I've just noticed lately the most bare bones approach to being yourself. Okay. I think it's something that I have not done since the beginning of my career at all, because I thought I was being myself. Mm. And the more and more I learn about myself in my twenties, the more myself I become. And now I feel like I'm more being myself. I could even be better at it, honestly, online. Yeah. When you hear the terms, the words be yourself it's no one listens again their ears shut off yeah so i want i just want to contextualize like what does it mean to you to be yourself like in what ways are you yourself on the internet i feel like i'm gonna narrow that down just a little bit from what peyton was saying which i don't disagree with anything you said p Mm -hmm. like i feel like okay so i guess i'm gonna phrase this as i think you should use your intuition like intuitively share so if you feel like you want to share something and you feel like you're going to give people value from Mm -hmm. what you're sharing then share it. Yes. If you're being a performative overshare, then I yes. think that that is a turnoff. So I think there's an underlying But that's not being yourself anymore. That's exactly you know? what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I don't want to hear, when I heard what you were just saying, and this is not to construct you uh, criticize yeah, yeah. or anything, I'm just saying that sometimes I feel like people think like, oh, people just want me to be um, raw and, you know, yeah. show every part of my life. Like I'm not somebody who does that ever because that's just not me as a human. Mm-hmm. So uh, being myself online and offline, of course, there's going to be differences there. You can't show every part of your life online. And, and frankly, you shouldn't have to, but I also think that when I say be yourself, I'm saying, this is also cliche, but you don't need to try to be anybody else because the going to what the person said, the internet is so oversaturated. Yeah. Instagram is so oversaturated. And let's just be fucking honest. Everybody is an influencer now, right? Mm-hmm. So what sets you apart, and I know that that what Peyton is saying, what I'm saying is that might, you know, turn your ears off to what we're saying. But the truth is, is people hit the follow button because they want to see what you like. And when you're sharing what you like, your confidence shows within those posts. Yeah. If you're comparing yourself and posting the way somebody else does or trying to be somebody else, people are more intuitive than we give them credit for. Yeah. You can feel that. I even know like if I post a photo and I don't love it, I'm not excited about it, the outfit mm-hmm. I'm not that excited about, whatever it may be, I know when I post it that it's not going to do as well as Mm -hmm. photos that I fucking love. And why? Because the people who follow me after a while like what I like too. Maybe Mm -hmm. we share that in common. So they're going to like that photo more because I also like it. And things that I don't like as much, I feel like intuitively people probably are like, ah, like, I agree. I want to acknowledge this though too, because this is a part of the artistic process, right? So when you first start something, you are going to imitate what other people do. Okay. That you look up to. Okay. There's a lot of 
I'll uh, another quote that sticks with me that I'll mm-hmm. um, I'll give to you. Okay. It's an Adam JK quote. He's like a, a designer, but he was saying like for a long time you'll probably mimic what other people do in your field, and I agree with that. I think that yeah. you see something, you see what you like, you kind of mimic it, of course. and you find yourself along the way and how the, how you how your voice goes into that, sure. like kind of okay. meld it together. So for me, it was blogging. So I loved blogging. That was my favorite thing to do to just to write okay. on, on my yeah, blog. Yeah. And at first my tone was that of a blogger, like mm. bloggers that I had read kind of a amalgamation of that. And after a while, probably about a year or so of writing a lot, probably three posts a week, I found my tone. Mm. So if you're not finding your tone, you're not finding your style, you are mimicking other people. That's not a bad thing necessarily because that's just how the process generally works for a lot of people whether you're you know a writer whether you're an artist um, an influencer whatever it is that you're doing a lot of people find this and I'll find the quote for this by the way and I'll put it up on the Instagram as well as the Theodore Roosevelt quote but it I feel like you need to give yourself some grace on that but the thing is the point is to always find yourself in what you're doing and I think that being yourself is Yes, going about things, sharing things that make you feel good and the things that you want to share. I also think that um, imitation is a huge part of blogging Mm -hmm. and influencing. And I feel like it's hard not to imitate at this point. One is one point that I want to make. But second, you you have to be doing this long enough to learn your style. I feel Mm -hmm. like you were very lucky to learn your style early on because you kind of had just a, a better sense of self sometimes. For me, it took me a long time to realize like, what is my style? What's my brand, right. personal brand? Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you're having a hard time with that, I totally understand. And I understand how being yourself can seem just like so con- conceptual and not like a real thing. Yeah, It does play, I, I believe, yeah. a huge role in, in growth. So what do you think? So I have a very specific okay. um, situation that happened to me recently where I was being myself online. Okay. And people were really responsive to it, but I didn't even realize I was being myself. It okay. wasn't on purpose at all. Okay. So I was talking about the other day. I was going to the gym and I used to work out a lot. Like I used to share a lot about that and like just show this curated life. But though at the, si- at the time it really wasn't curated. But this time I started talking about how much I don't want to fucking work out and how much I've hated it for the last year. Uh, not to be relatable. I literally was just like, I can't like people ask me questions about the workout routine. And I'm like, I genuinely don't know what to tell you. Like I genuinely, I hate this. Okay. Like I, I don't know what to tell you. And I shared about how like kind of it's, it's just been hard for me to get to the gym lately, so I don't have an answer. Like, I don't have an answer for you guys. And for some reason, that struck a chord with a lot of people being like, I'm glad you didn't just, like, go to the gym and just be, like, blindly taking a photo of something and just, like, sharing your workout. And you actually, like, gave us a little bit of insight. I didn't go on forever because I didn't want to be too negative, but I was just like, y'all, it was just really hard for me to get here. So, like, I don't have any answers for you. Just, like, let me go on my <laughs> on the treadmill <laughs> because it was hard enough for me to get here. Yeah. And I think that that... Con- that that's kind of contextualizing being yourself, right? Like I was very honest about this one particular thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't go into all the other quirky things about my life. I just said this one thing. And in that situation, that was me being myself. And to me, that made a lot more people trust me in that moment. Okay. And I know that only because people reached out to say, hey, like, by the way, this is really important because I follow a lot of lifestyle bloggers and things. And they just like, I know they probably have problems getting to the gym but like it makes me feel bad when I see them go to the gym and like just like do things like a robot and like they don't have Mm. you know they're not annoyed with the gym routine whatever so that's a very good example so like when there are examples that you've been yourself or how can you like 
really put that into context for people? I feel like it's harder for me to answer this question because I'm not as much of a lifestyle blogger, Mm -hmm. I feel like, as I am more... Like, I really love utilizing my pages like a form of art almost. Mm -hmm. Like, I really like photography and I like showing aesthetics and I like showing fashion. But I feel like, you know, if I'm thinking about moments in my life where I've had to be raw and relatable that have given people really... Um, well, here's the thing. It could even mean your fashion sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what you like to sh- that's what you like to show. Yeah. How within those verticals that you do share. It's not sharing it's not sharing your whole life when I'm talking about being yourself. Yeah. It's like how are you yourself mm-hmm. within your verticals? So like when it comes to fashion, you are pretty true to yourself and what yeah. you like. You don't you do the trend forecasting. You're sure. really and you're the first person I've actually seen to do the trend forecasting, by the way. Y'all should go look at her Instagram highlight of that. <laughs> that's you being yourself and tapping into what you really love. Yeah. So just share like that's one thing I would say that makes you and your page unique yeah. is that within your specific vertical that you've chosen, you're you're you are being yourself. You so know what I mean? I feel like it's all about like for me I've just really grown to like really listen to my intuition and listen to or watch when doors open. Like for me, I just feel like I've gotten a sense of almost reading the room, meaning my corner of the web. Like, Mm -hmm. so my room is me and my followers on there. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten to the point where I feel like I just tried to be intuitive about what I, I like and what I think will give value to other people. And for me, I've realized that my fashion sense has made people want to follow along and I feel fucking so grateful for that and yeah. thankful for that. And I feel like I don't want to stop making this something that I love. So I'm just going to keep going with what I like and posting what I like. And so far that's been getting a really good response. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for me, instead of trying so hard to morph into what I think is cool or what's trending or whatever it might be, I do love predicting trends and all that stuff, but I feel like it's about what stands out to me and what I like and what I think maybe other people will like too. But yeah, I think it's hard to say like in like such simple words of like, this is what makes me more relatable or not. I just really am truly leaning into me and what I like to post and hoping that people like it too. And I'll be honest, I feel like maybe some of it's luck. Like yeah. some of it is just, I, I got... Well, also there's a lot of failure. There's a lot of people yes, who don't yeah. like what you want and there's a lot of, or who don't like what you like. And yeah. there's a lot of things where you, times you post and you fail. Yeah. I'd actually just had this conversation with someone in my family. They were yeah. like, well, you don't like to fail, you know, yeah. regarding sports that I used to play, right? Because yeah. I quit sports that I was playing and I was like, you mm. know, I don't like to fail at things that I don't fucking like. Yeah. So like, I don't care. Like, I don't... First of all, I don't want to do things I don't like. So it's not worth the failure. But with this, I love it. So I'm like, I'd rather fail every fucking day, which, Mm -hmm. by the way, we do. We do. (laughs) Every day. Every day. (laughs) It's not a rewarding career, let me tell you. But I will say, like, you put stuff on the internet, you're being yourself, which is hard already. Mm -hmm. It's a risk. And you put it out there and people don't like it. Yeah. And the idea or continuing to be yourself after that and through that after years and years and years of every single day, people not agreeing with who you are Mm -hmm. through your fashion sense or your sense of interior design or whether maybe you're an activist and you post things every day about your activism, people are going to disagree with you. So I think at some point, 
almost the more pe- people that disagree with you, the more yourself you become in that sense. Because it's just like, gonna say that. what are you going to stand? What are you going to continue to do <laughs> through when everyone talks like, shit? I feel like with through the failure is what's going to come success. So yeah. when I say that, I can put again. It it's in like, so it's so cliche. It like is, all these cliches yeah. make sense. So like yeah, contextualize it. I feel like. Okay, so let's say you're posting about things that you like over and over again and you're not getting a response from your audience. Let's say your mm-hmm. engagement fucking sucks, but you loved this photo. You loved that outfit. You loved that photo of you, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. And you're like, what am I doing wrong? This might be, I don't know if it's the right or the wrong advice, but it's going to be my advice to you guys. Keep fucking going because yeah. I think through it, you will find your people. Mm-hmm. And if you find your people and they like it, they're going to stick with you through your consistency. But if you change yourself because you see person B is getting success from doing this, so I'm going to do what person B is doing mm-hmm. exactly, you're going to lose yourself along the way. So, And at the end of the day, you're not going to gain the following that you want no. because people can sniff that out. Like gonna, I know people, Your mask is going to fall off eventually. Absolutely. Yeah. So you need to figure out when we say be yourself – it's not that complicated. It's no. just find what you like. What do you do on a daily basis? Yeah. Do you, like for you, for example, yeah. you like to make your cocktails at home. You like yeah. to cook at home. Yeah. You love interiors. Mm-hmm. You like fashion and you talk about those things all the time. Right. And it's very much your style when you do it. I don't think you're ever mimicking. You're not. And the thing is, if you yeah. see someone do something cool and you can do it in your own way, absolutely do it. But you're not really like trying to manufacture something that works Mm-mm. for for example, you so like, you don't want to put, put filter yourself through somebody else's. No, you know, well, because you see someone else you know? doing well sometimes, yeah. and you're like, well, she does this, and I like, I, I want to do that because she doesn't, and it yeah. works for her. When we talk about being yourself, being yourself is not doing that. Right. You literally have to sit there with yourself and say, okay, what do I like? Yeah. And very, very few times have I ever asked someone that question mm-hmm. before. And same with myself. This is why I started asking this question. Like, what do you like? Yeah. What would you? What's your dream job? What's whatever mm-hmm. people don't ask themselves those questions. No. So sit with yourself. If you're creating content or doing anything, what are your intentions? What do you like? What is it that you see the end goal being? These are all very obvious things that totally. we don't take the time to really consider. And I think that once you do that, once you kind of outline what your style is, let's say for the fall, I really like specific colors because yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah. Right. I'm going to outline my style that way. And that's yeah. me. Right. And that's you, yeah. Um, so sit down if it's easier for you to make it like formulaic, like kind of how we like it, yeah. do that. And I think that that's a really easy way to kind of make it scientific to be yourself. Mm. Just really figure out what you like and write it down and be like, this is what I like and this is what I want to do. Rather than, hey, I see this one girl who takes photos with her hair curled this exact way yeah. at this crop ratio and in these kind of places. Yeah, yeah. Just don't do that. People no. do that all the time. And it again, it can give you like a short burst of followers or something. And then you can't sustain that kind of thing. And it doesn't make your three second likability go with a bang. Like you're no. just, you're going to be, you're you one in a million. Be, yeah. 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 Um, okay. So the last question I have just for us, the starting influencing 101 kit that we're talking about here. Uh, how do you start working with brands? So for me in the beginning, I truly did not know how to do this. And I think that's kind of the beauty in all this and what we've been talking about is you're going to fail a lot in the beginning and that's totally okay. But my advice to you is first and foremost, if you want to work with a brand and you've never worn any clothing by them or you've never used one of their products it's probably going to be harder to sell yourself to them than it would be if you start using them. So I would say 
start finding brands that you want to work with or products or whatever it might be and start implementing them into your life in an authentic way and kind of show them what you got. For me, what I did in the beginning is, you know, brands that I loved, I had items, clothing from them or had those products and I started styling them and showing them in my life and authentically showing to my audience like, hey, like this is what I use. I love it. And then going from there and reaching out to them. In terms of like reaching out and contacts and all that stuff, I shit you not, you guys, in the beginning, I literally would go sometimes to people's website and find like the support email to find a way to connect with them or DMing people nowadays is huge. Just DM the company and see if you get a response. And if not, you don't. If you can't get connected to the right people, you don't. But I think just keep trying and go for every single form of contact that you can find. There's This is so stupid, but there's a Chris Kardashian quote, which I love so much. And I think about this all the time is she said, if um, somebody says no, then you're speaking to the wrong person. And I kind of agree with that in the sense that, you know, find somebody or keep at it until somebody says yes. And that's how it started for me is I would post people's clothes or I would post products and I would find the right people to talk to. And when I got somebody to say yes, by showing them that, you know, I can give them memorable and thoughtful and professional content that would make them want to work with me. That's kind of how I was able to forge a path of working with those brands and then brands similar in the future. I think the thing with working with brands, it happened organically for me because, again, it wasn't when I started. I did it because I liked blogging and I actually did it to get an internship. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't like that was the end goal, right, to get the internship. And then I started getting stuff for free. And when I started working out to brands, one, I think number, it's a numbers game, too. So, like, if you have a lot of brands you want to work with, because there's I for me, I was a lifestyle blogger. So at that point, I'm like, fucking work with anyone. Right. Because I just shared my life. So I was like. Sending out emails upon emails upon emails upon DMs. Using the products, obviously. That's where the credit card debt situation yeah. comes oh in. Don't gosh, do yes. that, please. Don't do that, please. Um, <laughs> just work with the brands, obviously, that you use in your daily yeah. life without putting yourself in credit card debt. But I think that it is a numbers game. Mm-hmm. So I just reached out all the time to everyone constantly. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things, again, like if you want it bad enough, you'll do it. So you'll find those support emails. Yes. You'll go onto the con- – I mean, even now, when we reach out to hotels, oh. we're on their website right now making a list of whatever contact we can get with this hotel and, and we emailing. We're not getting them from, you know, like no. we're just DMing people or emailing yes. any email that we can find. With hotels, I have literally emailed the reservations emails before. <laughs> yeah. Or called. I've yeah. called the Hi. hotel and yeah. been like, hey, what's your PR, press person? Yes. Like, um, can someone connect me? So you have to just, there's no like glamorous way no, to start working not. with brands, especially if you want them to notice you, you need to use their stuff, use their products organically mm-hmm. and or reach out and really express interest in any way that you can. If you can't find the email, contact the closest person at the company that you can find. Yeah. I've gone on LinkedIn before, search companies, search their information. I've gone so far as to maybe I have a contact from that company mm-hmm. um, that's old and I look at the way the email is set up where I'm like, oh, it's their first initial and their last name at whatever business. Genius. Go on LinkedIn, find a person, yeah, yeah, do that formula and send it to them. Like, it's just like, this is not um, rocket science. No. You just figure no, stuff it takes, out. It takes like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It takes like, like grit. Gr- grit. Yeah. yeah. Like you have to, you have to just 
fucking put yourself out there and mm-hmm. go for it. And I'm and look not, stupid, by the way. Yeah. Again, we're going back to the judgment thing. You're going to yeah. look dumb. Let's say you reach out to a person at yeah. this company who maybe you're not even you're not on their radar because they would never work with you. Right. Embarrassing. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's happened to me a lot, a lot of times. <laughs> fashion week, fashion week, like yeah. emails. You're like, Dior. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I have like 10,000 followers. I'm like, um, dear a whatever, whatever, um, at Dior. Cause I found them on LinkedIn and I know the way that you're killing me. I'm like, anyways, um, my name is Pete and certain. I'm a lifestyle blogger <laughs> from LA. Like I, you, you have to put yourself in those situations if you want to work with brands or what, whatever you want to do really in life. Put yourself out there. It's really fucking embarrassing. Yeah. But DM the brands you like. Work for free initially. Yeah. They'll give you free product. You have to schmooze them a little bit. And then yeah. you have to be gritty and like a little bit like um, – I don't know, not glamorous. I don't even know the word I'm looking well, for. You just either. have to just put yourself out there. Yeah. Like, that's what we're trying to say. And be raw just as much as you want people to be raw online, like be mm-hmm. raw and be real. Like I would love to work with you, but I think the pitch is a lot of it too. And there's a ton of people out there who you can even Google how to pitch yourself. I've yeah. fucking done that. And I have learned so much over time of how to formulate a pitch email using my own tone and my own voice while also using a certain template of, mm-hmm. and I'll give this to you guys right now. Here's an equation. Okay. Okay. that I know you guys will like. Like, hi, I'm so-and-so. I am an influencer. I'll, I'll give you, you know what? I'll give you guys what I normally say. Please. My name is Josie Pelicano. I am an influencer from the Ventura area. I am a huge fan of your product and I've been using it for X amount of years. Um, here are some reasons why I love it. And I have shown it to my audience and they've loved watching me use it or wearing it as well. I see you came out with a new collection or I would absolutely love the opportunity to work with you if this is of interest to you. I know that I could give you thoughtful, professional, memorable content. Here mm-hmm. are examples of work that I've done yeah. with similar brands or here are examples of posts that I've posted about your product mm-hmm. in your outfits at your hotel. You have to be so um, thorough. Thorough one and yeah. direct yeah and i think you have to say all of these things in the least amount of words because it's yes, a lot of concise. information yeah you have your tone but you mm-hmm. do need to just give the information it's a business pitch at the end it's of the day pitch, this yeah. is business but so why you, would they want to work with you yeah. if they hear you if you just email somebody saying i would love to work with you work with me they're going to be like mm-hmm. who are you do you yes. use my product do you like my product why would we work with you think about what all those questions like? if you're from you the other I mean? side yeah. yeah and then obviously unfortunately analytics are part of it but even if you don't have the greatest analytics then be either be honest about that or don't sell yourself short and say, hey, I'm up and coming. I know I'm new. I would mm-hmm. love for you to take a chance on me because I know that I can provide you work like this. Yeah. But you're going to have to give provide examples. those examples. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to put them out there first. And you have to yeah. create that content that you can use as a template. Mm-hmm. I've done worked with or I've stayed at hotels before and pretended that I've worked with them. This is a long time ago yeah. to show other hotels now that I worked with. This is the kind of work that I put out. Oh, 100% agree with so, that. Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. still do that now. Even if I stay at a hotel that I paid for, a lot of the time I will, unless I'm with Joe or something, there's uh, yeah. a way to post it where he is specifically. Right. Some people don't love when you, yeah. you know, everyone knows their Gotta location. Private, yeah. <laughs> um, but I uh, do try to do that as yeah. often as possible, even now. Yeah. Like I have hotel partnerships and I'm still like every hotel I go to, I see as an opportunity to yes. prove to them that I can get a certain amount of numbers, certain right. amount of swipe ups, whatever at right. a hotel. It's just like a fun little game. It That's is. another thing you have to, you have to approach it like it's a game. 
And yeah. again, like it's business. It's supposed to be kind of like a fun little business venture. Yeah. So I agree with that. We can get more involved in another podcast. I feel like there's so many questions that we didn't answer. True. So we can do a part two. I always like to leave open room for people to come back. Yeah. And talk about other stuff. Because I think once a podcast goes live, people have a million other follow-up questions. So we can definitely do that. But for now, tell us where we can find you on the internet. So you can find me on Instagram. I'll just give that one to you guys. It's at Josie Pelicano. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Peyton will yeah. my name so you guys see how to spell I it. will link everything in the show notes of the episode so you guys can go and follow her directly under like the yeah. um, summary of the episode. You'll see all of her links to everywhere relevant on the internet. And um, now Josie and I are going to go on a boat we in are. Newport. There's a driver waiting for us downstairs. And I get seasick, guys. So wish me fucking I'm sweating. I turned my this. AC I'm off sweating. for this because I didn't want it to be loud. Oh and I'm sweaty God. and I have makeup on and I don't have an outfit to wear in this boat. And the driver is literally downstairs. downstairs. All right, guys. So that was my chat with Josie. I absolutely love her. I'll definitely have her back on to answer some more questions. I really wanted to get down to answering things realistically and putting them in actual context. I know it's really annoying, again, with the be yourself talk. Like, we just kind of want to know what that means. (laughs) And I totally understand that feeling because you can hear something over and over and over and over again, but you need to put it into context to truly understand what that actually means. So I'm going to try to do my best moving forward in any of these career talks, um, especially with the influencing life, to put things into better context. Also, sorry for this outro sounds weird. I feel like it kind of sounds like I'm underwater right now where I am physically. Um, I went into one of those little like at my office, there's like a phone booth area where you can go and like take phone calls because it's like quiet. But now when I'm talking into this mic, it sounds like like I'm underwater or something. (laughs) But thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for sending in your questions. Make sure to go follow Josie on social media. She's across a ton of different platforms. I will link everything in the show notes. Uh, Also, make sure to go follow myself. That would be great. I always love the support on at NTS by PS on Instagram and then note to self pod on TikTok. And as always, always uh, go leave a review, a rating. That would be amazing. You guys are truly always just make me so proud <laughs> when I go read those because sometimes I like, you know, I forget every week I literally forget y'all could do that. And then I go check them like once every two weeks or so. And I'm just like, holy shit, like people are actually like one listening at all and two feeling compelled to go like comment something like take time out of their day that like always shocks me. And I'm so, so, so grateful. So thank you guys so much for rating and reviewing. If you do have the time to do that, I would really appreciate it. You can guys can follow me at Peyton Sarton on Instagram. As per usual, that's where the party always is. You can literally always find me on Instagram. The other platforms I fall off here and then, but Instagram, tried and true, my friends. Another thing I wanted to note is this week just made me realize like I have in the next few months have some really massive, massive, exciting changes going on in my life. And I can't wait to bring you guys along for literally every step of the way. Um, I'm trying to figure out kind of how I want to share these changes in my life and just I don't know. The the past two years, honestly, has been such a crazy time for everyone in the world and everyone's life has changed so much. My personal life on top of that has also changed so much. And in the next year or so, it's just going to continue to do so. So I'm really excited to have you guys along on the ride. I'm really excited to have this podcast be a part of it, too. Yeah, that's it for this week. So I will see you guys next Tuesday.